I'm so offended when my body decides to be sick. Like I gave you a vegetable last week. How dare you? Ladies, gentlemen, and variations there upon this is modern escapism. <laughs> Welcome to the show. My name is The Very Poorly Oodles, but as always, I am a trooper and I'm here to give you the content that you desire and require. Joining me today is the northern behemoth himself. It's Gadget. Did he call me fat? No, behemoth, strong. Mass- oh, okay. Majest- majestic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the southern behemoth. <laughs> it's Biggie. Hey, episode 150. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, it is shit. Uh-oh. And also, the western beam of his candy. I'm seeing a link here. <laughs> yes, all the behemoths are here today. Unfortunately, Stig isn't here with us today because he's got the shits. Oh, not again. That's going round. I don't know where he is. I just got the message earlier saying, you remember I'm not on. He's, uh, I think he's at the wrestling tonight, so he's in London. At the wrestling? Is it the wrestling? That's cool. That's cool. How have you guys' weeks been? Uh, yeah, it's been all right. Um, I've, I still have nothing to do at work, so I've been sat drawing all day. It's been oh, fun. That sounds oh. terrible. It's Who's awful. It's the worst. <laughs> I've been working. That's about it. Yeah, I've it? been also working, and it's not fun. How was your first week back after your month-long shits, Biggie? <clears throat> yeah, just <laughs> catching up with everything and... Uh, managing to keep Did, things down. He ran yeah. straight. He ran straight to the. Um, he ran straight to the news agent to get his copy of the Sun. See what's happening in Britain. Oh no, <laughs> not that know. rag. Thank you. I need to know what's happening in my Britain. Sunday sport, at least. That's <laughs> I don't think that's still going, is it? Maybe it is. How many emails did you come back to? I always like to know this one. I know it's such a stupid, boring work thing, but like when you work in an office, do you have time off? Like, I, yeah, like I, for me, it was 96. Ooh, Ooh for an HR man, that's low. That's low, that. Yeah. My, my record is a couple of jobs ago when uh, I came back from like a week off. No, I had two weeks off on the sick because I, I got like the worst flu, like pre COVID days. But this was like the worst flu. So I was off yeah. like two weeks and I came back to 464 emails. Yeah, I've been <laughs> off a week now and I could shut. I could keep. I could keep. I literally could keep going. It's what? Let me see. Let me see. Hundred and twenty-five in one week. Fucking hell! Shows how important I am. I am management though. They know. They know I'm off. They know I'm off. But yeah, sorry, listener, dear listener, I am poorly, and I'm. I've not got COVID. I don't think I've not done a test, but I'm blaming it on. You've caught the south, haven't you? I've caught the south. I've been down south. Well, to the Midlands, to the West Midlands, I believe. Yeah, but it's outside of this, outside of the safety of God's own country. Yeah, and due to rail strikes, um, <laughs> unprecedented rail strikes, we had to get a coach home, and it took seven hours. So hey, all that was in manner to work for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? When we got to Leeds, when we got back to Leeds, we were going to get two buses back home from Leeds. It'd be easier. Yeah. The buses all got cancelled. Literally every bus from Arriva got cancelled. So <laughs> let's get an Uber. Oh, how much was that? 
I don't want 50 quid. <laughs> 50 quid? Jesus Christ. I bet you nearly, sh- you nearly shit yourself. Mate, I want to get the kids home. They were tired. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, no, no, I get that, but... I will film. I'm filming. I'm filming about the whole thing. It's so expensive. I love I love the trip. I love the journey. I, I, yeah. I, get, going down there, seeing places I've never seen before, and and people being obsessed with my accent. Because they all sound oh. like Brummies in Drayton Manor. I fucking when when I was down in the in the West Country a few weeks ago, every, everything was say book, say cook. Yeah, <laughs> most of yeah. that, that was just me. candy. That was candy and acid pill. Um, I just yeah. looked up on Google Maps. It was one hundred and six miles it is from Drayton Manor to Leeds. Yeah, it's not far. So, so that's that's two hours on at this time driving. So seven hours. Fuck me. Because you, you had must, to go through every train I was station. Say, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, it was oh. fucking horrendous. But there's no more British. There's no more British than a bus replacement service. Mm. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it didn't cost a penny. It didn't cost a penny. But that's, it, that, that's why I think I've got the flu because we, we got seven. home yesterday and I started to get sniffly after I got home. I'm like, I've caught it. I've caught whatever the, is in the air, whatever is in the air, because it's recirculated air on a bus and a plane, isn't it? Mm. On a plane, yes, not so much on a bus, but yeah, you, you, in, you're in a big metal tube with the grays unwashed. Yeah. Yeah, and there was this guy behind me eating chicken wings, sniffling as oh, well. Oh, so. nah. There's always there's always <laughs> someone. Any time I've ever had to take like a long distance public transport, be it a train or a bus or whatever, there's always been someone eating something that fucking stinks. Yeah, there was a guy yeah. on the way down that had pickled onions. Oh, bruh. nah. A jar. He opened a jar of pickled onions, and he was like, "Do you want one? Do you want one? No." They're just what he was sharing them around as well around the bus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, bring biscuits at least. Like, there's always one travel troll, isn't there? Like, they, they're trying to pick out the most stinkiest food. Like, I'm the guy that I've, I've travelled the world. I've, I've been on planes for hours upon hours. I've hitchhiked everywhere. But there's nothing more fouler and worse than a, a big intercity coach. There's, there's no. nothing worse. It's disgusting. <laughs> onions. It's, it's I mean, just um, the worst. I mean, it's, it's, especially not the Megabus, when it, they have those offers like, get to London for a quid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but yeah. That, have you, have you seen the catchers to them? That it's a quid only if every seat's been filled. Only if every seat's been filled and it's like leaves at like two in the morning or something. <laughs> yeah, like that. Exactly. exactly. Like trying to guarantee no traffic or anything like that. Yeah. But, but like, it's, 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 it's just been people, mad. Need, people need to learn the public transport etiquette for long distance. Like yeah. if you're gonna you're gonna need food, that's fine. You're on a two hour, three hour, four hour cool ride, whatever. Dry you're food. gonna need a snack. Dry food, pre-packaged sandwiches, not yep. prawn sandwiches, just no nope. egg sandwiches. <laughs> cheese. Just have cheese. <laughs> No cheese tuna sandwich, melts. Ham sandwich. Ham sandwich. No tuna melts. Yeah. yeah. Cheese and no. pickle. Best sandwich. If it's crisps, it's ready salted on nothing. <laughs> uh, a bit more permissive on crisps, but none of those like really fucking stinky ones. Yeah. A yeah. monster munch. Yeah, <laughs> monster, monster munch, munch. Pickled onions. Also, don't <laughs> yeah. share pickled onions around the coach. In fact, don't share just... food around the coach. Just bring <laughs> your own food. I found it disgusting. My kids were like, my, my son's like, he was sat next to me. He's like, what's wrong with him? I went, I don't know, boy. Don't know. <laughs> Don't look at it. Him. Was, it, it was a bit of a like a, a, a just an old bloke traveling alone, and he, he was traveling from Leeds, and Al Bus Dumbledore. That's what the bus was called. From Leeds <laughs> all the way to Bristol. Oh, that's a long on the mega bus. That's oh, a he's probably trip. here now. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> so I can smell so, pickled onions. So when we got off at like uh, Birmingham, he's still yeah. got a ways to go, hasn't he? Yeah, it's about it's about. Hour and a half, two hours from Birmingham to, to Bristol. Oh, fuck that. But yeah, anyway, we ended up in Tamworth. We went to Drayton Manor and that was fantastic. Um, it's great to be able to afford our own holiday for the first time in a long time. Loved yeah, it, loved, gonna, it, loved you, it. 
you're not going to financially recover from this week now, though, are you? It's just that fucking Uber shite, mate. Uber. And the guy who was coming down on the Uber said, oh, we've never been to South Hempstead before. Do you reckon I'm going to get many lifts when I'm down there? I went, no. <laughs> you're driving home. <laughs> you're driving back to Leeds, pal. You're not going to get no. No one in my village knows what Uber is. <laughs> <laughs> Only four of them have got smartphones, and that's my family. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's my week. I've been on all the roller coasters. It's been great. And yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what I do, do you know what I have missed though? God, apart from like Benadryl and aspirin <laughs> and stuff like that, I've missed news. And I think there's only one man that can do it. It's big as breaking news. You may already know, but he doesn't. Because it's time for Biggie's Breaking News. I like the way you read it. No biggity. I got to tag it up, tag it up. I like the way you deliver it. No biggity. I got to news it up, news it up, girl. I like the way you update it. No biggity. I got to break it up, break it up. I like the way you word it. No biggity. No biggity. I got to word it up, word up. Five stars. Excellent. I like that one. Stunning. It was, it was sultry, that. Beautiful. I, I tried. So, Nintendo announcement. Bless. Charles Martinet has been the original voice of Mario in Nintendo games for a long time, and as far back as Super Mario 64. Charles is now mm. moving into the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he will be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, and he'll continue to travel the world, sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It's been an honour working with Charles to help bring Mario to life for so many years, and we want to thank and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we will post at a future date. Yeah. He's unemployed then. Well, No, the, I, I said it in our Discord, they're doing the Stan Lee thing to him. Um, but again, I've seen a lot of people on, on, on X and on Facebook and on Instagram, and they're all saying stuff like, Oh, it's so sad. It's not going to be the same without him. And then I'm, I'm sat there. I said this to Kurt in our in our Discord. I said, "Can you tell me your favourite Charles Martin a monologue?" <laughs> there isn't one because <laughs> it's because wahoos and stuff. Yeah, I think I think he's recorded enough voice lines over the past kind of thirty years to just of games not do it anymore. To not do it. There's just so many samples of him going wahoo. Ah, exactly. Mario. Exactly. You know all that kind of thing. Um, but the, the, the funniest ones, are the, the, I think that it was when I saw, I saw this first on Reddit, and I, the first comment was, uh, oh, fuck's sake, it's going to be Chris Pratt again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> no, but Chris Pratt has done Mario monologues. Um, Bob Hoskins has done Mario monologues. Um, Captain, what's him who used the Super Mario Brothers show? Remember that? What's his name? That old wrestler. He, he's done monologues as Mario. Charles Martin is the only person that's never really had a, a, like a full sentence as Mario. And don't get me wrong, I love his, I love his like wahoos and his. SF, the sound it effects is just, stuff, yeah, it's just sound effects though isn't it's it it's just sound effects I think we'll get over it it's great to see Nintendo still supporting an older man but to me it seems like they're giving him a harder job now flying him across the world I, I was going to say that like <laughs> I mean if it's his retirement surely doing a few wahoos here and there is less exhausting than flying back and from yeah. Japan <laughs> yeah. come on Charles get on the plane I've just got down I've just touched that now we're going straight to Australia now come on come on Fucking old Imagine man. his ninth uh, convention. Give us a wahoo. <laughs> wahoo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say the line, Bart. <laughs> it's, it's good that they're like, like, again, they're only doing this for public outcry. They know what would happen if they just sacked him. 
Oh yeah. yeah. He's they're probably going to be replaced by AI, kindness. isn't he? Yeah, it costs is going to be a place for AI. Well, I think oh, I, I, I think I think that's why they're saying saying he's like a Mario ambassador now. It's basically so they keep paying him without yes. him actually having to record anything. Yes. Mm. Fair, fair enough. He's he's an old man. He needs he needs to have a sit yeah. They down. did it, like I said. They did it for Stanley and Stanley, and, and he loved the role as ambassador. He liked it. He didn't have well, he, to do any boardroom he, stuff or anything like that. No, he just liked going to fucking conventions, having a couple of yeah, whiskeys and, sit, and saying all uh, talking about old old stories of him getting drunk in the sixties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He loved it. He loved it. He, he, he even said on one of his final interviews that it was best part of his career, the ambassadorship. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be having Biggie as ambassador for modern escapism fairly soon. And we uh, what, what, what's that around to me? the world. <laughs> you get this, mate, that's all. I was going oh, to okay. send, send you around the world where you get to drink whiskey and, and talk about all your uh, yeah. cruise ship stories. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where you are? No! <laughs> <laughs> Much like when you're on the cruise ships. <laughs> and the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I wish uh, Charles Martin a well, but. Yeah, I, I, it's a nice, it's a nice end to his career, but that's it, really, isn't it? I'm, I'm not sad if you get what I mean. I'm yeah. happy for. Speaking him. of Nintendo, they revealed at the latest direct uh, featuring Switch remasters of GameCube games, maybe happening soon for anyone interested. Ooh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. They probably um, got a bit of a boost off the Metroid Prime remaster, selling like absolute fucking uh, hot yeah, kicks. It did well, didn't it? It did very well. I think it was like the best-selling Metroid for yeah. a long time. I think it even outsold Dread. It did. It did. Which um, it's be- is impressive because it Dread so well. It is better than Dread. Uh, I, I, tr- I tried it. I didn't get. I, th- I but I didn't get on with the nostalgia <coughs> for it. I never oh, had a GameCube. Right. Oh god, I did. Fucking, hell, I love that. Whereas thing. I played but Metroid. Yeah, I, I think Metroid. Before. Metroid Primes were one at first, like first-person games I'd really played and enjoyed. Love them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Was there a next, next. in there from that sneeze? A, I, yeah, yeah, I was supposed to say next, but I sneezed it out. Okay. Uh, Konami confirms Metal Gear Solid Remaster Collection resolution for each system. The current mm. gen systems won't run the games at 4K. They've now clarified that the game will render at the following resolutions all platforms except Switch, 1080, 60 frames per second. Switch in docked mode, 1080, 30 frames per second. Switch handheld mode, 720 at 30 frames per second. Oh, God. Yeah, so like like me and Candy agreed last time, the Switch is the worst place to play it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For everything. By a country mile. (laughs) And it's released next month in October 24th. I'm happy with 60 frames or 1080. Yeah, I, I don't get why the Switch, though, is running it at 30 frames either way. Like... These were PS2, <laughs> PS1 and PS2 games. Like, the Switch can handle it. Need I remind you, <laughs> need I remind you, Metal Gear Solid 3D Snake Eater on the 3DS was in 60 frames per second. <laughs> on exactly. the 3DS. <laughs> this, is, this is Konami doing another Konami. This is the fucking yes. Silent Hill remastered collection all over yes. again where they actively yes. made the games worse. <laughs> It's a shame because the package that they're delivering is fantastic. Oh yeah, it's so like, much, so much content. It's like three hundred hours of content, and that's just the isn't that not on? That's not on the. Uh, oh, sorry, I was thinking about the extra stuff as well. That's not on the Switch, is it? No, the extra stuff is, is not on right? the Switch. Yeah, so yeah. If you just don't get it on Switch. Get it on PS4 slash PS5 or Xbox. Or PC. Yeah. Or P- yeah. PC is probably going to be the best place to do it because you'll be able to mod it and 
But then again, on like PC, you can already emulate these games, so it's not like you need to. I know, I know, but and you, and you can you play get, them in 4K. But it's first time we're going to get the digital graphic novel part two in English, which is yeah, exciting. That's exciting. Yes, I love them graphic <laughs> novels. They're good. But yeah, I'm up for it. Next. Mortal Kombat, oh, sorry, say that again. Mortal Kombat 1 includes audio descriptive fatalities. I like Mortal Kombat better. Mortal Kombat. It's exactly as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it will allow players to hear what is happening on screen thanks to audio description. This will, of course, be a game changer for blind or partially sighted players. I thought I the blind like... bit was a bit odd. If you're playing I... Mortal Kombat and you're blind, you're a yeah. bloody good player. Man, I, I, watched I, the guy I, play, I didn't uh, want to say something crass su- there. Super Mario 64, blind. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to be crass there, like, but the idea of a, a blind person playing a fighting game absolutely baffles me. This character's got blind, can't she? You're playing you know what? the characters. The funniest thing is, like, I've seen these modes on a lot of Ubisoft games. Uh, they did it on Assassin's Creed, and it was like, Cassandra plunged the blade into his neck. Cassandra now equips a different battlement. Cassandra. Now, it just does that constantly. Cassandra yeah. is heading west. Cassandra is heading east. And it's, it's like, I can imagine how a blind person could like, en- like envision it, but I don't think it's for fully blind people. I think that's what people need to realise. I think it's for partially sighted people. It's like playing Skyrim mm-hmm. on your Alexa. If you were, exactly yeah, exactly. Like. If you were <laughs> fully blind, I think you'd find a different pastime than playing Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I think so anyway. Then maybe, they're, maybe they're trying to bring in the blind audience. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, also, also, I'm assuming audio descriptive fatalities is just like the fucking dungeon master in D and D telling you how you decapitate yeah. something. <laughs> I mean, now, now Biggie said that, and if you play that game, there's no way you're not trying it. I'm gonna try it if I, if I get the game. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking try it. Gosh, you are. Gosh, you are. I'm leaving this on. I'm leaving this on. Solidarity with blind brothers and sisters. Yeah. Raiden fucked up. Liu Kang. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Jax's body falls to the floor and there's a thump, thump, thump of blood coming out of his neck or something like that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Everything, everything I see about this Mortal Kombat 1, it looks better. I hope also the, the person who's doing the, the audio description thing is kind of like a kind of ever so slightly sexy voice. No, you'd be like the guy bit... Round one. No, no, no that, would, that would be too overpowering. But Jax like, dismembers Kitana. With his fists and pulls her head off. I'm thinking like <laughs> like someone like Amelia Tyler who does who who's the narrator in Baldur's Gate three like that kind of like smooth oh, calming female voice. <laughs> I reckon oh. I should do it. Yeah. You're right. So what's ha- what happens here is the no, uh, oh, it's, it's brain's <laughs> being ripped out there. Oh blimey! Oh, it don't Ooh. look good. It's not looking good for him. Where to be is it gone? <laughs> Come part there, mate. Next. <laughs> No, fire her. <laughs> Speaking of fatalities, PlayStation's first remote play uh, details were announced for its new Portal remote player, which will launch this year at £199.99. Nope. Ow. Nope. <laughs> I it will think include this is the key a features. massive waste of money. It will include the key features of the DualSense wireless controller, including adaptive triggers and haptic feedback. The vibrant 8-inch LCD screen. Why is it not OLED? Is capable of 1080p at 60 frames per second. Connect your uh, PS5 remotely over Wi-Fi. You'll be able to swiftly jump from playing on your PlayStation 5 to your PlayStation Portal. It will support games installed on your console, 
but it will not include <laughs> all the pre- PlayStation Plus content that it's you can stream. Bollocks. Show it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and it has a 3.5mm audio jack, but it won't allow you to use Bluetooth headphones. Unless you buy Sony's ever so special yes, Bluetooth headphones ones. with the PlayStation Link. And the Pulse contract, oh. Pulse headphones or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's Pulse Explore and Pulse Buds, which... <laughs> they, sound like, like, they sound like dildos. But, <laughs> Pulse Explore. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the Pulse Buds um, set up... Uh, uh, sorry, set up. I think they start at like the same price as AirPod Pros. Fuck off. <laughs> Madness, isn't it? <laughs> the, I can just see like, it now. I can picture, I I can genuinely... picture the boardroom. No, like, I can picture the boardroom like, R&D at Sony, loads of Japanese men just bowing and shaking hands and being, yes, we've done it, guys. This is what gamers want. This is what they've been craving for so long. We got it so right with the PSP and the PS Vita. We are the masters of handheld. This is what they want. And then they would drop that, they'd check all socials and go, we've done it again, we've fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I generally like the idea of this, but just the sense of what it can do. It's not not that price. And well, you can get one of those backbones as well. It does all do the same this. thing. I've got, I've, I've got the Razer Kishi right there for 40 quid. Yeah. It attaches to my phone that is OLED, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is OLED. And I can have 120 hertz refresh rate, and I can do the same thing with my PS5. Done. Yes. That's it. 40 quid. If, do it. If, if it could do, um, like, if you, you didn't have to have a PS5, if you could do, like, PlayStation Cloud Gaming... A bit it. like a bit like you do with your phone with uh, XCloud with Game yes. Pass. I don't have an Xbox, so I can, st- but I can still use it. Yeah, then I think there would be an excuse for it at two hundred pound. Because because yeah. because so th- then you like Sony would be then pushing their cloud gaming operation, and you know it doesn't need to have any storage. It just needs the RAM and it just needs the internet connection. And I yeah. I could see that for two hundred pound. But for it's a fucking Wii U gamepad. That's all it's it is. It's a Wii U gamepad. <laughs> In fact, no, because you could you could connect Bluetooth headphones to the Wii U gamepad. It's less you than could. the Wii U gamepad. <laughs> it's a lesser, inferior product. And wasn't it's, isn't the Wii U two hundred quid anyway? <laughs> well, it was, yeah. Um, a full console. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that it, I mean, it's an LCD screen. Okay, fine. OLED would have been better, but yeah, and you don't lose. I'm not bothered by that, um, but the fact that you, there's no storage on it, you can't even put fucking media on it. Like you can't like oh. connect, can't connect to the internet and watch YouTube via it without having nope. a PlayStation on and stuff like that. It's just it's fill it. It's a solution to a problem that I don't think too many people have. Just the, the only thing that's scaring me is are they going to remove my uh, remote play on my phone now? They're going to release that because if they do, I'll be furious. I don't think they will. Because it's a great That's app. That's why I it, like it. It runs, it mm. runs really fast. It runs well, really got, good. I've got remote play on my PC for if I ever decide to capture any PS5 footage. Yeah. It's oh, nice. really good. It's a really good app. Um, the xCloud's better by mad, massive margins, but it's, it's, a, it's a good feature to have, especially if you've got a decent phone like I have. Why, yeah. would, I, why, why would I downgrade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. also, also, it only has a four-hour battery life. It's got the same battery life as a DualSense. Oh, by the way, the Razer Kishi has the same battery life as your phone because it doesn't have a battery. It is it just attached to your phone. It doesn't need one. Oh god, that yeah, is tempting don't. me to buy a backbone though, not for the not for the PlayStation, yeah, well, for the Xbox. They look cool. Yeah, I mean, it's one, it It's still kind of dear. It's still hundred quid. You don't but... need a backbone. Get a Kishi. You've got an Android phone. Yeah, 
Let's have a look. I've got the Xbox edition key here. It's got an Xbox button on it. You press it, it launches the Xbox thing straight up. Ooh. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Good, man. Oh, lucky. I think it's brilliant, and it fits any phone. Yeah, the PlayStation Portal is, is absolutely... It's either too expensive for what it is. If they wanted yeah. to have it, the functionality that it has, it needed to be 99 quid or 120. Yeah. I remember reading one of the, uh, the, uh, the posts where they said, uh, it was something from one of the Sony marketing teams saying, like, with the elements and the, the inspiration from our previous PlayStation Portable. Like, don't call it PlayStation Portal <laughs> to get PSP fans on board. That's, That's what not they're doing. fair. That's what That's they're doing. That's not fair. Of course they are. So it's, a, it's, a, it's the new PSP. It's, a, it, it, it's also a shadow of the, of the God King that was the PSP. PSP was a great console. Yeah. Absolutely great console. PS Vita mm. were a good console. That had re- really good remote play. Yeah. Yeah, they just fucked yeah. that one. They just oh, left yeah. it to die. But yeah, there's a PlayStation Portal and PSVR 2. I think Sony are losing the hardware wars. Yeah, I think Microsoft definitely. definitely. Microsoft's plan of just putting out like consoles and a uh, Game Pass service is working. And no daft, no daft peripherals is really no, smart, isn't it? Yeah, nothing daft. You want your daft stuff? Microsoft yeah. saying buy one of our PCs and be daft. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, be daft for the PC. Yeah, go 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 nuts, guys! But when it comes to his hardware and the soft, they're killing the software. I think, as massive software developers for like 30, 40 years, it makes sense. You know what I mean, Microsoft? But it's only a fucking like I say, it's them them men in a boardroom just shaking their hands and bowing at each other, thinking that they've done a really good thing, but they have not. <laughs> I'd love it's someone all- to prove me wrong, but this is shite. It's also but fucking ugly. It's really fucking yeah, ugly. Yeah, it is. And it's going to get broken as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, those, the, <sighs> those fucking gonna snap. Hand, handles are going to snap off with a bit yeah. of force. They're not going to put... Wait, if you imagine playing like... You, you're fighting Millennia on fucking Elden Ring on that, and they start, you, your Wi-Fi starts dropping. No! <laughs> you just ripped it, ripped it apart, and then you've got a little fucking Amazon Fire tablet with no fucking sticks attached to it. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that. Anyway, get enough of it. We're not talking about the PlayStation Portal ever again for the rest of this podcast. Next. <laughs> Hold on to your seats. This is the story that keeps on giving. And no, it's not that one. Are you ready? According to Matt P- Piscatella, yep. Final Fantasy 16 has done fine. No, it <laughs> hasn't this. sold the most ever of anything. And no, it isn't a sales failure. It's done fine. For some reason, this has completely broken some fans' brains, he adds. Referencing the aforementioned arguments across social media. It's doubled its budget, apparently. So whatever it costs to make, they made it back plus. How can you argue with that? You can't argue with that, can you? What do you like I said last time, not you can't have GTA numbers. You're not GTA. It's just they you're not. They're just still living in their heyday, aren't they? Yeah. Where they were the be all and the end all of RPGs. And they're not, because people other people have done it better. That's the thing. Well, I mean, like Japanese RPGs back in the day were just, they were everything, weren't they? But I think Western RPGs yeah. now have taken them over. I think so, popularity-wise. Like, look at Skyrim in comparison. You know yeah. what I mean? Just pff, gargantuan in comparison. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably right. Uh, next. Jason Schreer tweeted out that, sadly, um, just weeks after the release of the critical and commercial success of, of course, Baldur's Gate 3, that pretty much everyone's in playing, apart from me and Oodles, EA is now laying off 50 people at Bioware, the developer of Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. That's fucking mental. Yeah. 
There was more came out on that one today, and Biggie, you called me a fucking repost wanker for it, and I'm not having this because this was a separate part of the story. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I read it. It was separate. So some I, of the, I didn't. So I, oh, you didn't read the news. You didn't read the fucking news, <laughs> did you? Just put oh, the links in. I just deliver it. So, um, so, so the news that came up yesterday as part as part of the. Uh, I'll shoot the messenger. You're supposed to collate this. Um, <laughs> so Bioware's let go of Lucas Christensen. The, who was the lead writer behind Baldur's Gate One and Two? Yeah, um, and a writer of the fir- and the writer of the first three Dragon Age games, Mary Kirby. So, like, mm. these are two legends in RPG writing and dialogue writing, characterization. Um, Christensen not only did Baldur's Gate games, he created um, Minsk, and he also created Joker from Mass Effect. Fucking, they're like, massive characters, absolutely huge characters, and even like. People who used to work for Bioware, um, or um, or still work for Bioware, uh, one of them suggested that they um, never expect. Uh, What's it? David Gator said, "Stunt to learn Bioware also let go of Lucas Christensen." We used to call him Old Man Luke and Writer Alpha. There, since Baldur's Gate one, the writer behind Minsk and Joker, many more. One of uh, Bioware's longest serving employees. Hats off to him. Um, and someone I else. I wonder if they uh, gave him a, a gave him money to uh, like retirement. I don't. I've just sacked him. He also said, I just assumed eventually he'd be buried under one of the cornerstones of the building. I imagine everyone yeah. did. Mm. The thing is, people really like that, sad. they're going to get, it's, it, those two will get snapped up fairly quickly, I think, oh, should they absolutely. want to work. But it's it's the people, the kind of the mid-level ones who are being paid a bit more than people want to pay for a new recruit. It's not, it's not just as simple as being snapped up, though. He might live close to that office. Well, yeah. But, I mean, and you would hope saying, it right, you've, got to come, being... you've, got, you've got to come to San Francisco now and work for Naughty Dog. I, I yeah. don't live in San Francisco. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. It can uh, affect no, someone's yeah, yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, but the, it's. I'm thinking more along the lines of like he's a legendary writer who had his hands in some of Bioware's greatest hits. Like yeah. that's talent you can't hire. Yeah, yeah. Like someone I'm pretty, with that I'm experience. Pretty sure he, he 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 wrote the best uh, Sith Lord of all time, Darth Revan. Yeah. Pretty sure he wrote him as well, which so, is the best uh, Star Wars baddie ever made. Yeah, so like whoever gets him will have an amazing writer on the team. Just like when um, Amy Hennig left um, Naughty Dog, yeah, um, got snapped up by EA. Well, she I left think. Crystal Dynamics first after she's used to do the Blood Omen games, didn't she? Yeah, she did. So it's like writers like this don't hit the market very often, and Bioware are fucking stupid for letting him of all people go. It's made them yeah. look bad. I mean, they looked bad they anyway. They've looked bad to Anthem, what, but yeah. What was the last good game? Uh, probably Mass Effect 3. Yeah, and that was still a 7 out of 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. But they'll they'll get they'll get work. They'll get worked. And especially in an age where you can work from home, they might not have to relocate either. Yeah. Which would be nice because they've probably got a family. Next. Well, speaking of Baldur's Gate 3, it's now coming to Xbox this year after ditching its split screen mode. Microsoft yep. has allowed Larian to remove the split screen option for Baldur's Gate 3 on the Xbox Series S, paving the way for a 2023 release. They've gone back on their, that the S will never be an inferior product. In this case, I'm pretty sure S um, owners aren't going to be moaning. No. Like, it's, it's a worthy sacrifice. Yeah, like they've it's still got the online multiplayer side of it. Yeah, so that you can still play with other people, um, and I don't think that makes it a lesser game. Like the the split screen stuff no. 
it's still a fucking niche thing. I don't know how, how many people will play split. I played the original Divinity on split screen with my ex-wife. And it was a rough experience. Fun game. I think but people, rough have, people have got to remember when you're split screening, it's rendering two of the same game, isn't it? At once. Yeah, and and, and with the <laughs> with, with the way Larian make games, it's like you have the you can be at two different sides of the map. Yeah. Yeah. So it's rendering the entire map at the same time. The Series S was never going to be able to render that. No, the only thing I'm worried about, I, mean, I think it's great. I think it's good. Like I, I always say, everything should be coming out for everything. But is this going to be a dangerous precedent for Microsoft to say, yeah, it's going to come out on S, but it's going to be inferior again with the next like games and stuff like that? I th- or is I, it I, just I, this one, one, just this tiny little thing that they've got it to work? I, th- no, I, th- I think I think it's probably going to open the dam to like have some features missing from some things. Yeah, that's mm. what I'm. That's what I'm scared like, of for S owners. But I, th- I think they're probably maybe going to position it as like no core features. So like yeah. maybe like you know the <laughs> S already has things that where it like doesn't have like ray tracing on some games where the 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 X does stuff like that. Well, it just makes me feel like like the next GTA, for instance, will be fine on the Xbox X and PS5. Will it be able to run on an S? It's gonna be a fucking struggle. That that's what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Like the, the, the like the flight sim, the Microsoft flight sim on the S. Most of it is using cloud, isn't it? Yeah. So you, there's not that is, much on the console itself. Yeah, this is what's this is what's fascinating. What's the caveats? What what's going to happen? Is it eventually going to be like, yeah, sorry, um, the S is no longer spotted. You have to get the S plus, the release of yeah. the ones. You know what I mean? Oh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? The SS. Uh, no, no, it's not going to be called no. the SS. <laughs> I can promise you that much. <laughs> I think I have a feeling that if they do a mid-generation refresh of the Series X, I don't think they'll do one for the S. No, they might abandon it altogether. But then again, I'm not seeing them doing a, a refresh of the X because I kind of think what they might do is they, they might do a smaller version of the X, but yes. I think what they might do is they might leverage some of the cloud tech to like offload some yeah. of the processing Bolster from the it. console. Yeah, So yeah, yeah. that's... Where I'm thinking, because I think I think Microsoft are kind of wanting to get out of the console maker space yes. and be a pure cloud gaming yeah function. I, I can see them doing that in the next ten years minimum. Yeah, so I, I think we're maybe on the second to last console they ever made. I just but, think this is going to be one of the moments where we all look back and go, remember when they remember when they abandoned the air and it started with Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking it's, 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 kill the Xbox S. <laughs> I, I think it's great that the S. Uh, Players are going to get to play it, but... All the Xbox players in general are going to play it. Yeah, of course, of course it is, yeah. Absolutely, get everything out on everything. Absolutely. Next. Speaking of Xbox, the Series X saw a 1,000% increase in Amazon sales thanks to Starfield. As the release date of Starfield is approaching, the anticipation has led to a sudden surge in sales. I have to say, I am a little bit surprised by the amount of hype because people are still kind of reeling from... like. The bugs in Bethesda are a lot less funny now since Fallout 76 came out. I mean, they were endearing before, and the joke is past, I think. So I am a little bit surprised there's I mean, quite so much hype for it. I mean, but, the thing with 70, 76 is the, the bugs were funny in it. The problem was it was a shit game. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, like, but, Fallout 4 was bugged to fuck, but it was still a fun it was game. game. It was an endearing <laughs> yeah. game. Although I just I wonder if there's a lot of people that were waiting to pull the trigger on an Xbox anyway, and they were just wait they were waiting for a decent app. yeah, a decent IP well, to come does. out. That's what I'm doing. If it and comes out and it's a fucking grand slam, I'm gonna have to buy it, aren't I? But 
the 40 minutes I watched of it, the leak, don't watch it, guys, because you are you could get arrested like that guy that did. But <laughs> more, I, I, more news on that later, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I, I watched that 40 minutes. And you made me think, yeah, I could see him playing this. It's, it's, not, just, it's, not, it's, not, it's not groundbreaking. It's not the new anything. It's just, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a bit like Fallout in space. I think I'm that's exactly that. what it's going to be. But Fallout in space is fine. You know, of you can waste your time in it. There's no, there's no Bethesda game that's been groundbreakingly incredible in terms of the story and stuff like that. It's always just, it's just a sandbox, and you can waste your time yeah, doing what you yes. want. And I think it's going to be more so in Starfield with the amount of different things. It looks like you can hopefully do. People, people saying this is going to be like the nail in the coffin for the PlayStation are delusional. Ugh, but yeah. again, it's still, it's still a, a feather in, a feather in their cap, isn't it? For, for Xbox, you can't argue oh, yeah. it. I'm so fucking howling at the state of the discourse around it with the fucking Sony fanboys kicking off. <laughs> Just get over it, man. You never heard the Xbox people moaning when Sony had fucking Metal Gear 2 for years. Do you know what I mean? No one were moaning about all these exclusives. Like, I've never seen a single Xbox man uh, fan saying, oh, God. I can't believe we haven't got Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> it's just never, it's never been a thing. Nobody cares. It's oh, ridiculous. <laughs> Especially in the age where most people have got multiple machines now. It's not really a thing. Oh, yeah. All the people complaining about exclusivity are adults who could probably afford both yes. consoles. Mm. And again, the Xbox S, as, as much as we know it's, it's probably on its death rattle, it will play that game. It will it play will. that game. Get it bought. Or you can do what I'm going to do. Play it on my phone for, for the for the peak experience that Todd intended <laughs> to be played, played on your six inch phone screen. Hey, six inches is a lot. I know. So you tell your wife, <laughs> it's a lot. Todd's a small man. That's like a big screen TV to him. Well, <laughs> I think this could segue nicely into that other um, Starfield um, news. So yes, Biggie, whatever your name is. <laughs> Microsoft and mattress brand Temper have teamed up to create a Starfield-themed gaming chair, and apparently Look it looks incredible. Look <laughs> and what I've was I saying about cockpits? Now, now, Jesus. let me be real. Now, I think the gamer beds grotesque. I think the watch is grotesque. I, I think the Xbox um, Starfield uh, sleeve is grotesque. I like this chair. <laughs> I like this. It's, it's I think it looks like a cool. I'm the yeah, complete I opposite. I think this looks okay. Oh. I think it looks like a dentist chair. I would still, I would still get it, but I think it I looks like, like a dentist. dentist. I, I would allow it dentist. to grow it's on relaxing. me. <laughs> it's just for games come only, though, isn't really it? Ask you, Candy, yeah. is that something you would actually buy? And have you got space to fit that? in? I haven't got space, but that's never stopped me before. <laughs> I will make doing space. Podcast in that chair. <laughs> I'll replace. I'll replace my bed. No, you just got the bed. You're still paying finance on that. <laughs> I'd find I'd find a little corner. I'd find a nook for it. I still need to I still need to build my uh, mission controls. So, but it's only it's oh, only Gamescom, oh, isn't it? It's not purchasable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a one off. It's a it's a one off. Yeah, it's not for sale. It. Like it's, a watch. Yeah, but I, someone's got to have it after Gamescom's happens. You you, you, you know what it was? Mm. Um, someone in Punk's Discord put uh, put on a, f- a fun meme that was um it was like a, a screenshot of the of the Starfield watch. And like yeah. going through the settings menu in it, and it says, "Well, at least the Starfield watch has Bluetooth, <laughs> unlike the PlayStation Portable." Uh, portable. Yeah, it's right. It's absolutely right. It's probably more fucking powerful. The processor in that watch is way more powerful than the Portal. But we're not talking actually, about that device ever again. Well, apparently, and this is not this is not me just trying to save face. 
Um, but apparently the watches are legit. There's people that have got them already, like the um, the promo yeah, copies. Google apparently Wear, they're isn't it? all right. Yeah, apparently yeah. all right. Which is very very unfortunate for people that have got iPhones and they're getting that watch. Well, <laughs> no, well, shit, not, it, shit it, it, time it, it, with it. But it has its own app, so it's not just yes, but it's, Android. I know, but it's not as good on Apple. No. You know what? Actually, next time we record, I will probably have, have it. it. <laughs> oh god! Oh, we can compare smartwatches because I got many smartwatches. <laughs> Do you know when you're walking down uh, when you're if walking it down, gets Br- released, you're walking down Western <laughs> Supermare High Street, and it's like there's some mugger with a hoodie up, and he says, "Give me a watch," and he looks at it, he goes, "In fact, no, don't uh, bother. No, mind. You can keep it. You can keep it. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm gonna be like you my watch. What's that? <laughs> he, he, he gives you money. <laughs> <laughs> keep it. Yeah, Biggie. What's that rapper that wears the big clock around his neck? Flavor, 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 flavor. That's yeah. gonna be me with the watch. Hey guys. <laughs> what time is it? I don't know. It doesn't work. <laughs> Tells me how many it's steps got, are done, though. It's got one day battery life. It's shite. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. I'm not going to be using it to tell the time. It's just going to. It's going to be a bracelet. It doesn't matter if it's got any batteries or not. Unbelievable. Next, <laughs> over to the world of film and TV. The Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers (AMPTP) has hired a new crisis PR firm to try and save their image as more people continue to realise the importance of actors and writers receiving fair deals. You could just yeah. pay the actors rather than hiring these fucking strike breakers. It's mad, isn't it? Well, they get the Pinkertons in again. Get them down, get them off. Get well, them we the can't crush heads like we used to back in the 30s. <laughs> yeah. That's shooting them on the picket lines. Oh, no, we shot Chris Pratt by accident. America's sweetheart, Chris Pratt, is no more. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to voice Mario now? No. <laughs> Get it's that Alec Baldwin. He knows how to fire a gun. Oh, oh come on, man. <laughs> Too soon. Too fucking soon. <laughs> he would wait for Pinkertons as well, that fucker. <laughs> fucking hell, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Despite the fact that he has been on the picket line, you dickheads. <laughs> I know he has. They all have. And we are very, very much in support. Stop it, Biggie, you naughty, naughty man. Sorry. Next. Moving swiftly on. The uh, the first two seasons of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series are releasing on Paramount Plus on September the 18th. Uh, sorry, 19th. Ooh, that's good. That's good. I'm, ba- I'm bang up for watching that again. I, think I have I them all on DVD. Again. I nice. do have them on DVD, but I just don't like the idea of taking a DVD out and putting it in the PlayStation. <laughs> sounds like sounds like the worst thing I could possibly do to myself. <laughs> Pissing about with menus. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, I do have them on DVD. I, I love I love the original run. Fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's so stupid and camp and crap. <laughs> yeah, that's what you wanted from a late 80s, early 90s cartoon series. Yeah. I just feel like, obviously, I weren't really old enough to appreciate it when it first came out, but imagine being a diehard Ninja Turtles comic book fan and then going, oh, they're doing a cartoon over it. This is not what I've been reading. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, Absolutely. I don't think there was that. I don't think the, the, the diehard nature was in there because the, the, the run of the comics wasn't very long. No, it wasn't, was it? And it was like was a fanzine like, rather than a comic. Yeah, it was like 12, mm. and then they sold, yeah. then they sold it to, to make the TV show. Much less yeah. in the UK as well, I think. Yeah, probably didn't get them. No way. But yeah, I'm I'm bang up for that. I'll use a Paramount Plus free trial. Surely I can find one somewhere. Next. 
Somebody might be bothered about this. Something about something called Fallout, an original series coming to Prime Video in 2024. Yeah, and it's based it's an in LA, which is a bit show, strange. A very important aspect about this. I show. saw the trailer for it. Did you see the trailer for it? Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah. I saw a crumbly trailer. It wasn't the best quality, but it was enough. No. I haven't yeah. seen the trailer yet, but I know Walton Goggins is in it, so I'm going to watch it. He is, and he looks good. He does. Well, he looks kindly. like he a... Look, he doesn't look well. He looks like a handsome ghoul, though, I saw. Like, he's why he's, he's a handsome guy. Sexy? Yeah, but he's, he's serving sexy ghoul. It's more, it's a little bit more red skull than the kind of what's yes, up, smooth yeah. skin kind of ghouls that we used mm, to call yeah, it. I'll watch him hat. in anything. I'll watch him trying to sell me Geico fucking insurance. <laughs> I'll watch Goggins do anything. He's one of the best character actors alive they, today. So the, the, the teaser trailer that had a Gamescom, obviously someone's recorded on their phone, so we've seen it potato quality. Um, it it looks like they've got the visual style on. The T-63 power armor is fucking banging. It looks perfect. Yeah. Um, it's set in L- LA, isn't it? Mm. It's set in LA, Vault 33. Which You predicted maybe, that, didn't you, yeah, Gadget? We called that. Yeah. Called that one. Yeah, I remember you saying it. I was hoping it was going to be one of them um, silly vaults where, like, they were doing experiments in it, like <laughs> everything I mean, went you, wrong. You, you, you don't know that it's not. Basically, this is a vault that hasn't been in the games. Yeah. Um, and based on the fact that Goggins is playing a ghoul, but he's not like really crusty and crunchy, I'm thinking this is quite early on after the bombs. Could yeah, so they got out early. What I'm thinking is this is the... Because um, ghouls pro- live for thousands of years, don't they? Oh, yeah, they're functionally immortal. Um, yeah. Until they go feral, it's a bit like hollowing in Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it. I'm thinking this is going to be maybe the precursor to the new California Republic. Love that. It looks like it, doesn't that it? Because be there's, a... I don't know how spoilery this is, but there's um, there's pictures from behind the scenes with um, NCR flags up inside vaults, inside yeah. this vault. Oh. So there's something going on. So whether it's, um, kind of, I can't remember the law exactly with how the NCR started. Um, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Give, give him benefit of doubt. It's got one of my favourite actors in it. It can't go wrong. Surely it, not. Not like the Halo one. Halo was mm. fantastic. Everyone loved that. Remember? Uh, <laughs> this this, this ass or something in it. I never watched it. You do at one point. Do you think you'll have a mega town? Is that the one in Megaton? Megaton. No, no. Other side of the country. No. That's that's Washington. Uh, that, that was Washington. Yeah. I am slightly a, disappointed it's not side of that country because it, that's kind of classic Fallout territory, isn't it? Well, yeah, but Fallout One, Fallout One was set in California. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. and 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 also not something that the Bethesda games have really explored. Like the closest was New Vegas. Mm-hmm. So the thing is with California, you've got a really good um, different type of biomes. You've got the deserty mountains. You've got the Hollywood Hills. You've got you could go as far as a big cityscape. You know, for LA or fucking San Francisco. Oh, you, you just know there's going to there's going to be some you could panic go as low shot. As like New Mexico and stuff. Yeah, oh, really far down. I can't wait to see that just great shot of the Hollywood sign all fucked mm, up. Yeah, you know yeah. that's going to happen. They're, they're Tower records want, as well, all crumbling. They're going to wander through the uh, the Paramount lot at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ghoulywood. That'd be better. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> that's what I'd do. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it because again, Last of Us changed my opinion on gaming conversions. Yeah. the potential is there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And apparently if... Twisted Metal's good. Yeah, supposedly it is. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's good. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is, is, isn't, the, isn't the writer of the Fallout TV series, it's Chris Nolan's brother, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, you Love. know, Look there's about. talent there. There's talent there. And I'm sure his brother's gone, don't do that, do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be good. 
Good good. I don't know who else is in it. I just know Goggins is in it. I'm up for that. Uh, the uh, girl that played uh, that voiced Jinx from Arcane, she's in it. Uh, Cal oh, McLachlan's really? in it. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. His, car- his character hasn't been named, but he's in it. He's probably um, called Cocaine Kyle. <laughs> I mean, apart from him and Morton Goggins, it's all kind of like smaller, like either kind of young new actors or kind of jobbing um, bit part actors. Yeah, bring it on then. So no one's going to steal it. Yeah. There was a a casting call um, quite probably about a year ago now that was obviously for um, extras for Fallout. They're like um, people that look a bit bit alternative. I was like, oh. People between 19 and 40. I was like, oh. And then third one, people that look athletic. Oh, <laughs> damn it! I could have done it. You could have. Next I season, look like a fucking ghoul. You'd definitely be a ghoul. Hundred percent. I'll Here be the, the ghoul, the ghoul king. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next. Well, we haven't had a Marvel news for a while. So, uh, Quantum Mania and Multiverse of Madness writers Jeff Loveness and Michael Waldron are rumored to have been laid off as the writers for Avengers. The Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. Ah, ah. Wonder if they thought they were shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like the last Doctor Strange. I don't care what anyone says. I like it. There was, there was all right bits in the last Doctor Strange. It wasn't fucking as good as the first. It wasn't Doctor as good as the first one, no. No, not at all. I mean, it's got less Mads Mikkelsen for a start, hasn't it, Candy? Well, exactly. But I didn't think the last one was a sackable offence. No, no. I didn't. I didn't love it. I didn't think it was brilliant. It's barely a multiverse. We've we've touched on that many times, but it's fine. It's a Sam Raimi film, isn't it? It's not a Marvel film. How many dimensions are in multiverse? Three, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, mate. Two counts as a multiverse. Let's be realistic. Yeah, that's not what we want. It's not what we want. (laughs) But yeah, I tell you what you do want. Go on. Zack Snyder is promising a Snyder cut of Rebel Moon. Fuck off! That's an hour. That's an hour longer than his up-and-coming two-part Netflix movie. It's ridiculous, that man. That man is ridiculous. We watched that, didn't we? The trailer. The trailer together. for Rebel Moon. And it's, it's, it's Zack Snyder's it's June. June. It's just June, the whole thing. And apparently it was his Star Wars script, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad they said no to him. You I was going to say that, Star would, Wars. that doesn't look like it would have worked as Star Wars. Yeah, there's no desert planet for one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's literally just June, like... They've got breathing apparatus, like the Fremen. The, the, mystical, like, it's an outsider coming Instead in. of sandworms, it's like some flying creatures. <laughs> there's a young prince having to be accepted by the native the class tribes. Divides, tribes. The prophecy. Yeah. Frank Herbert did this half in a century 60s. ago. Or however, yeah. <laughs> this is not a new thing. Zack Snyder's like, they'll never know. No one's watched you and it's not been out. Oh, shit, there was a massive blockbuster film that came out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> What a dumbass. But, like me and Stig have said, we will watch it day one. <laughs> and absorb it. And Candy's going to probably love it. She's going to yeah. probably you know, love it. You know it. I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, sick. You're all it. sick. She'll be covered in Zack Snyder tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I heart Zack. Well, this next bit of news. Yeah, she is damaged. This next bit of news will make Gadget sick. June 2 has been delayed till March 14th, 2024. He knew that were coming. He just didn't want to admit it. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, not too bad because that's my birthday. And that's oh, not a massive nice. delay either, is it? It's, what? When November, was it supposed to be out? November. So it's like a four-month four mark. It's fine. Month delay. 
I want Dune you knew, 2. You knew this was happening, though. I've got... You knew. I've got a Dune Part 1 fucking poster on my wall here. I need, I need the second one to go with it. <laughs> and there might be a third one. Yeah. I mean, Which that, is uh, Children, that of, Children that, of Dune, isn't no, it? No, Dune Messiah. Yeah. Oh, Messiah, uh, so that would yes, be next, Messiah. wouldn't it? Yeah. I read, Messiah, oh. I read Messiah last year. It's a dull, dull book. But, I hated it. But it, given the changes that Villeneuve made to Dune for part one, I could yeah. see him turning it into a good film. Um, I can't imagine him doing God Emperor Dune. <laughs> well, no, I, th- I think he wants to do Dune Messiah as, as the follow because it basically closes off the Paul Atreides story. Yes, absolutely, yeah. After, I mean, after Dune Messiah, things, things get weird. Yes. Really it's fucking philosophy. weird. It's beyond philosophy at this point. <laughs> it's beyond sanity, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, yeah, March is fine. Got to be fine, hasn't it? You've got no choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just wanted to see it. <laughs> but I think, I think it was Stig that mentioned it as well. Like, it's not going to be Oscar nominated again, is it? It's going to be forgotten about. It's going to be forgotten about. No, no, it'll, it'll probably still get Oscar nominated. But it, it, what Stig was mentioning was that it won't go up against Barbie and Oppenheimer, which is probably a good thing for everybody concerned. I'd like Barbie to win an Oscar. I think Barbie will win an Oscar. Best Ironic- picture. No, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling for best leading man. uh, Well, no, best supporting actor. And I think that's going to be the most horrible irony of the Barbie movie that it's only Oscar is going to go to the man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I reckon reckon Barbie could still win best picture. I mean, it could. It's a contender for it. Don't get me wrong. I'd put a tenner down on that because I reckon... The Academy is just going to be like, oh, fuck it. We, we've been shit for the last few years. Let's, let's give them a win. I think, I think out of the two, I think Oppenheim would be more like to get, get it because yeah. they're like an artsy talkie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would be a shame. But yeah. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on. Next. Just a couple of quick ones. Uh, Godzilla, uh, oh, I can't even say it. Godzilla X Kong or versus Kong, whatever you want to call it. The new empire has been delayed. Uh, till April 12, 2024. Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohim has been delayed till December 2024. And the Spiderwick Chronicles reboot is no longer moving forward at Disney Plus due to cost cutting reasons, now being shopped out to other studios. Oh, I don't know what Spiderwick is, but so, the other things, things we, we knew things were going to get delayed. Spiderwick Chronicles is a young adult fantasy thing. Oh, shite. They're not shite. People like it. Okay, fair enough. Candy, you've been quiet. You like the Spiderwick Chronicles? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't really like young adult books that much. I don't. Like, I went through a phase of reading them all, and I just nah, not for me. I did, I did read all the Twilights. I was going to say you're, you're a Twilight girl, though, aren't you? It's Twilight, <laughs> not really. Fun. I thought we were an yeah, adult. One. No, Twilight is young adults. There's no, there's no uh, grabbing of the members in that, is there? No, not it's, that it, I no, it's, no, it's not. It's not. It's not porn, but it is. Two ancient, very old beings trying to date the youngest girl they possibly can. Because oh, <laughs> both Edward and Jacob are like hundreds of years old and they're trying to date this 17-year-old. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, there is a reason why some young, a lot of young adult stuff can be quite problematic. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Next. Uh, this one's uh, mainly uh, involves with Stig. Uh, on Thursday the 24th, it was announced by Triple H that WWE superstar Wyndham Rotunda, known as Bray Wyatt, sadly unexpectedly passed away at the age of 36. Stig what had this hell? to say. As I'm away this week, I felt compelled to write in about this because it's sad enough when older wrestlers you grew up watching 
pass away. Rest in peace, Terry Funk, who also passed away this week. Yeah, he did. But it's especially hard-hitting when it's one that's currently on the active roster and still so young. Bray Wyatt was like no one I've ever seen in pro wrestling before. In a sea of generic men with generic gimmicks, Bray pushed the envelope on creativity. Oh, sorry, pushed the envelope on creatively and what he could do. From a cult leader that had whole arenas singing to him, his Mr. Rogers character with a dark side known as The Fiend, he was always doing something really interesting and different. His latest character had this great build-up where clues and QR codes could be seen on TV and they take you to websites and videos for people to decipher. For months, everyone watching was insanely invested in what these ridiculously obscure clues and links meant. It was super creative. Whilst not everything Bray did worked, it can never be said that he didn't try and every time the WWE dropped the ball with him, he always found a way to come back with something new and fresh, which always got the audience's attention. He had a mind like no other. Everyone could go and watch the Firefly Funhouse match against John Cena that he put together during COVID to combat there being no crowds at that year's WrestleMania. It's not even a proper wrestling match. It's this weird cinematic style thing. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. It was so great. I got to see him live at WrestleMania 32 and during his entrance, there was nearly 80,000 people shining their torches, uh, sorry, their torch lights in the air. <laughs> this was part of the cult leader gimmick where he called the crowds his little fireflies. It was amazing to see. I'm at a huge wrestling show at Wembley Stadium right now as you read this, and I hope we do the same tonight in tribute. Despite his gimmicks being super dark, he seems like one of the nicest people in the business outside of the ring. A real genuinely good guy. WWE did an excellent tribute video for him on SmackDown on Friday night, which I cried my way through watching. His passing is a sad loss for pro wrestling, and I will really miss seeing him and his wild ideas on TV. Rest in peace, Wyndham. Oh, Good tribute. I, I'm at- I'm not. I don't know who this gentleman is, but I still no, I think don't. it's sad when any athlete dies so young. Mm. I was going to say, is it a thir- thirty-six is no age to go? That's like it's ridiculous. A lot of wrestlers do like do die quite young, don't they? But, but then, it's, I mean, unfortunately, it's nature. It's nature of it because, and I'll say this to anyone that badmouths: it's not fake. It's predetermined no, entertainment. Oh, it's they are hurts. men that are fucking blasting the bodies about every. I don't know if that's what happened to him. I don't know. How he passed think, away or anything like that. I think it was a heart attack. Yeah. The wow. thing is that they, they're still the absolute top of their game at stunts. And they're still, I mean, these guys are huge. So, oh, you yeah, know, the, it doesn't matter how fit you are. If you're, knock, if you're knocking yourself about all the time and constantly pushing your body to be bigger it? and bigger, it's just, yeah, it's, it's super heartbreaking. shit. It's awful. And you expect like an 80, 90 year old wrestler from the past to pass away. And you don't want it to happen, but it does. Thirty-six, fucking hell! According, according I'm, I'm, I'm thirty-six this year. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? According to the BBC, Mental. the wrestler had been dealing with undisclosed health issue that kept him out of the ring since February, but his death was still characterised as sudden by his family. Mm. Wow, awful! Breaks your heart, and heart goes out to all his fans and his family. It's it, it's awful. Thanks for those words, yeah. there, Stig. Next, finally over to the Weird World Web. Referring to uh, the story earlier from Oodles, a man who gained his tirity for leaking no 45 tirety. minutes of Starfield. No tirity. No tirity. I've had a couple of beers. Uh, <laughs> for leaking 45 minutes of Starfield has been arrested for handling stolen goods, reportedly including copies <laughs> of the game he attempted to sell online. As spotted by the ever-keen eyes of the Starfield community over on Reddit, and um, shared by, I love this, US arrest site recentlybooked.com. <laughs> 29-year-old Dan Harris was processed by the Shelby County, Tennessee Sheriff's Office yesterday, which is the 24th of August. Harris was charged with theft of property valued between $2,500 and $10,000. Theft of property value 
at 1,000 or less, and I love this bit, and for possession of marijuana. <laughs> yeah, they found that on him as well. <laughs> they found that when they arrested him as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a cool guy. <laughs> I, I watched the, the, the whole of that leak. I watched that guy live, and uh, before he started playing the game, he had like four or five boxes of the special edition. He was opening stuff <laughs> and showing everything. He had the watch candy and everything. He had everything <sighs> so early. He's showing it, and then he put the disc in. Uh, uh, no, it was a download code, I think. And he put that on, and he started playing the game. He did the whole, the whole character creation. He did a few beginning missions. I got loads of stuff in. And then all of a sudden, his stream just ended, and I thought, this fucking's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the whole thing. It was fantastic. You had to be there. It's been completely been taken down. But I was saying it on our Discord. Look what I'm watching. Do you remember, Gadget? Yeah, you, yeah, I was you, sending you. You, you sent it to me over TikTok. I went, look what I'm watching. This is naughty. This is super naughty. And he was saying, and, and you could tell with his accent where he was from. There was no idea who he was. His name was in his profile. He's clearly a, um, he's clearly a fucking idiot. He just he, got it early. Like it happens, doesn't well, it? Well, no, I, I think, I think, given the charges on, I think probably what he's done is he's either gotten into like paid somebody off. He's either paid someone off or he's gotten into a lorry that's like shipping yeah. these things, or he worked at GameStop yeah. or something like that, or. Mm-hmm. He's had some access to them. He's fucking nicked a few, and then done the really stupid thing by fucking listing them online for sale, like a fucking moron. <laughs> Which is the the, the, mo- the biggest crime, apart from the marijuana. It's just it's stupid. What a dingbat. That's also. Well, I, I, that's I still think one of the best forty-five minutes I've ever watched on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, that's also felony levels because it's over nine hundred forty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, that, that's like proper prison. People type. were saying live in the chat saying. You're going to get busted, man. You're going to get busted. And he's going, I'm immortal. I'm untouchable. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking idiot. And then he's he won't be untouchable in prison. <laughs> yeah, he's got five years, isn't it? He's up for. There'll be a lot of touching in prison. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is he a Starfield kid? Let's give him my little Todd Howard. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. No. Show him your anus. Are you ready for some junk? <laughs> But that is the news, an extra long one, because I don't think we've got the biggest nexus to discuss this week. <laughs> I haven't anyway, but I'm going to start to get it over and done with. I've been playing Blasphemous 2. Oh, oh ooh, jealous, interested. What's it like? So before I get into it, Blasphemous 2 is a side-scrolling Metroidvania video game developed by The Game Kitchen. By the way, these devs are some of the new ones to watch lately. And published by Team Seventeen again. Team Seventeen publishing some random shit all the time lately. They're doing well. well. I think they're doing. I mean, Team Seventeen did the first one. Yeah, I know they did, but I just like they're just publishing. Just they're a bit like Devolver, but not as edgy as Devolver. They're just Mm. they're they're branching out big style in the publishing department. They cast a wide net. Yes, they cast a wide net. It's a sequel to Blasphemous. how do we expect? Like I know I I mentioned this on the podcast. I struggled with blasphemous because of the uh, religious themeology of it all, and it's very basically Catholic. It's, it's Catholic. The simulator, <laughs> basically, it's the it, Spanish it, it, Inquisition. Yeah, the game. It's Spanish Catholic as well. Like it's it's hardcore yeah. Catholic, <laughs> super orthodox. This is you, you. You play as the penitent one from the first game. Now I'm not going to tell you the story because it's a spoiler for the first game. It literally. It follows that that narrative. What happened in the end of the last one? It, I mean, I did push through Blasphemous One in the end, and I found it overly difficult for what it wanted from you. And it wasn't the combat that was difficult or anything like. It, it was the exploration that was difficult. There was no a good Metroidvania has to have good like storytelling environmentally. Yeah, the, the, you have the, to the, know where you need to go and stuff like. That. The first one was a bit ropey with that. It just let you go anywhere. 
They tr- they tried to yeah, be a little bit dark soulsy with it, didn't they? And it didn't yeah, necessarily didn't pay off. Great news, gadget. The new one is traditional Castlevania, oh. Hollow Knight, uh, and and Metroid as well. Oh. It points you exactly where you need to go. I haven't got lost once. I've killed three of the main bosses. There's loads of bosses in it and stuff. Um, it even even the developers have said we've made this game a little bit easier for everybody. We want people to see it. We want people to get to the end because they knew that the, the fall fir- off on the first game was bad. Yeah, the fir- the first blasphemous. I think the enemies were harder than the bosses. Like the bosses were challenging. Don't get me wrong. The yeah. bosses they nailed in the first blasphemous, but. Fucking sometimes getting to them bosses was a right pain in the dick. Yeah, I yeah, found that. The best thing about this one is there's no boss runs. There's always a, there's always a, a, a shrine, a mere, a mere culpa, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. There's always a shrine next to the boss room. That's but handy. you're never going to have that frustration. And it, I've got it on, on PS5. It loads instantly. Nice. And it's, I tell you what, you, you play as the penitent one, the same guy from the first one. Uh, the only thing I can tell you is it's a thousand years later. So he's so, doing okay then. So, so he's, do, he's, do, he's doing yeah. okay. <laughs> I know he's uh, as penitent ones go. <laughs> yeah, he's extra penitent in this one. As man wearing a fucking mask of spikes inside of it that can be. Yeah, yeah, and and covered in his his, his enemy's blood. Um, the, what they've done better on this is the traversal. Better, you unlock the abilities quicker, like grabbing onto ledges and and all this and clinging yeah. and stuff a lot quicker, at a better pace. The enemies are more varied. It's stunning. They've put extra, I think they've put like double the pixel pixel amount on the actual penetrant one himself. He's got wind blowing his cape and stuff like that. Oh, nice. He looks more detailed. The boss is more detailed. The NPCs are disgusting. <laughs> like they're, still, they're still like Church of the Kisses and where people are just kissing just random like bloody stumps and stuff. It is a disgusting game. It's <laughs> fucking foul and disgusting. Yeah, you kill enemies by... By stomping their heads with gravestones, and it's just absolutely disgusting. When you kill a a baddie, a, a boss, sometimes you're like, fucking, oh, you go into the brains, and you, it's gross, <laughs> it's gross. But it's all in the name of God. <laughs> all in the name of God. So it 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 can be quite offensive to Christians and especially Orthodox Spanish Catholics. I can imagine it not going down very well in some parts of Spain, and. I don't know if they did this with the first one. The default language option on this is Spanish. And I tell you what, it's stunning. When uh, you play you, it in Spanish. Yeah, default language was oh, English okay. on, the, on the original. Yeah, yeah. Ah, right. You can still have That's English on this. You still have English and it's the verbose Englishness where an English thespian's trying to pronounce Spanish words. It always <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but if you play it with the Spanish, though, I don't know, it's because the music's quite um, yeah, I reckon Spanish. Quite cool. and I, I think it's... I I I genuinely I I personally I'm, I'm about because they say it's anywhere between ten and fifty hours to beat depending if you want to find all the babies and stuff and the cherubs and all the hidden stuff and I think like I've three bosses down out of possible like fucking fifty I think <laughs> it can be quite long twenty in the first one I think yeah there's optional bosses there's optional challenges like Hollow Knight if you liked Hollow Knight you'll love this. If you uh, like, if you like any Metroidvania, you'll love this. It's just again, I wouldn't recommend it on Switch. I think you should. And I, I rarely say this. I think you should play it on a big screen because really? it's stunning, and the music mm. is fantastic. I've not listened to a podcast while I've been playing this. Oh, which is rare for me. Yeah, I, 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 
I'd definitely give it a 9 out of 10. The only reason I'd give it a 9 rather than a 10 is because I haven't finished it yet. Yeah, I like the visuals in the first game, actually. I thought they were pretty good for what it was, with the pixelated it, stuff. Oh, it's even better in this. I don't know what they've done to it. I don't know how they've managed to squeeze I mean, pixels are not the same as it used to be anymore, is it? It's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can do a lot more technical Oh, yeah, wizardry. it's a style, isn't it, in a way? Yeah, it's a style. It's probably still done in Unreal, isn't it, or something like that? It was a <laughs> Unity, the first one. Was it? Yeah. I don't know, but I just think it's it's gorgeous. And what I do like on this is that, like I said, the first one was quite, um, like, it was hard to grasp on what's going off. And on this, it's just, they've simplified it. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what's happening in the world. You understand everyone's motivations. You get, it's like, it, it, it draws that fine line between uh, anti-religion and pro-religion perfectly. It's right. not offending anyone. It's only offending you if you don't like the image of a crucifix getting stuck up your ass and stuff like that. <laughs> like who's going to be offended by it's, that? Yeah, I assume some people would be offended by that. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, don't don't watch it with your super orthodox Spanish Catholic nanan. But <laughs> enjoy it on your own on a massive screen. You can't play it in front of kids, I can promise you that. <laughs> mm. it's, it's brilliant. It's I think, like I said, 9 out of 10 so far and probably gets the 10 if it sticks the landing. Genuinely nice. fantastic. So, what have you been up to, Biggie? Uh, while I was away, um, one thing I did catch up with, uh, I started watching it on the plane, was The White Lotus. Oh, yeah. And I've now watched both season one and two, and they are fantastic. It's an American dark comedy drama anthology. Uh-huh. Uh, series created, written, and directed by Mike White for HBO. And it basically follows, this is from Wikipedia, it follows the quest, uh, the quest, what's wrong with me? It follows the guests <laughs> and employees of the fictional White Lotus resort chain, whose interactions are affected by the various psychosocial dysfunctions. The, dress, uh, the uh, press release notes say that each passing day, a darker complexity emerges in these picture-perfect travellers, the hotel's cheerful employees, and the idyllic loca- locale itself. Uh, the first season was set in Maui, and the second one was in Sicily, but it involves this White Lotus hotel chain, which obviously is fictional. The main cast of um, the first movie, uh, first uh, season was uh, with Murray Bartlett, who we all know and love from uh, The Last of Us. Uh, Connie Britton, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Alexandra Daddario, um, Fred Hettinger, Jake Lacey, um, lots of more other Sydney Sweeney's in there. Things on, and then the second season has F. Murray Abraham, Jennifer Coolidge returns, um, Adam DeMarco, uh, Megan Fahey, Beatrice Grano, Josh Grease, Tom Hollander, and Christopher Imperioli. Oh, sorry, Michael um, Imperioli from uh, Sopranos, Theo James, Aubrey Plaza, and yeah, each season basically, both of them are fantastic. Each season starts with a murder mystery. An unknown body being carted off the plane at the airport in the first one and a floating corpse in the sea in the second one. And then, weirdly, the murders aren't the focal point of the series at all. And it's easy to actually forget there was a murder as you get caught up in the lives of all the guests and the staff. Is it more of a character study? Oh, absolutely. Um, With season one, you have uh, like a, a newly wedded young couple, a family on holiday, and an older woman mourning the loss of her mother. And she's carrying her ashes that she wants to discard in the sea. Um, and then in the second one, um, Jennifer Coolidge returns. She's the, the older lady, is the best way I can put it. 
she returns, but with a PA this time, um, alongside her, the, the hotel is an Italian family with the grandfather, father and son on a discovery of their Sicilian roots and two couples that go on holiday together. And you just get caught up in the lives of everybody and the discussions between them and then the events that impact them around in the hotels. And it's just really good. The writing is spot on. Um, oh, I've just seen subjects... it's a shame it's on, it's a shame it's on Now TV. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the subjects include things like rich rights, colonialism, addiction, trust, and things like that, to name a few. It's a brutal script, really funny, um, outstanding performances from all. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who I always still see as Stiffler's mum. I can't help it. <laughs> I love Jennifer Coolidge. I think she's brilliant. But she is so good in both seasons. She's the only character to return from Stays, um, yeah. the first season. Um, and F. Murray Abraham, um, Audrey great. Plaza, and Theo James are fantastic in uh, the second one. And I, I just love it. I just thought it was excellent. Oh, and Murray Bartlett. He's got a 91 on. He's got 91 on Rotten Tomatoes, man. Massive. Yeah, but, um, Murray Bartlett plays this sort of Basil Fawlty-esque guy called <laughs> Armand who runs the hotel, and he's really funny. He's a um, cracking man yeah, well. <laughs> not quite, no, but he's, he, he's, he's definitely it. He's losing it, yeah. But I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. The acting we, is just spot on. We started watching the first season, and we fell off it. I think, um, I think Pep was struggling to follow the story. Because uh-huh. it kind of gets a little bit circular with itself, and it's a there's a little. Sometimes I think there are there when it comes to mystery TV series, and we've kind of also suffered this with uh, only murders in the building. It kind of feels like the need to be shorter, because yeah. it kind of gets a little bit up its own ass trying to pad the time out. I, I know I've what you mean, that but a lot of dramas like that, but, it's, it's, but, it's, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of padding. Yeah, I say we fell off it, but it doesn't mean it's not good. They, what we watch, no. we enjoy. I just think it, it's the study of people in this because obviously everybody at the hotel, these are really like posh resorts. So it's kind of poking fun at the rich, the people, how they, they live their lives. The rich people seem to be so disconnected with everybody else. And I, I just thought it was just really, really good. And the fact that you forget there's even a murder because it's not obviously referenced until right near the end that you find out what actually happened. Awesome. So throughout the whole season, it's all about the people. There's no like, Oh, there's been a murder. The murder doesn't happen till right near the end of the very final episode. So, of course, you're guessing if you do remember there's a murder, like, oh my God, who's going to go? Because <laughs> there's different points throughout the season where it could indicate that this is the person that's going to die, but you just don't know till the end. But I just thought it was excellent. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Strong recommend recommendation it there, pal. Excellent, excellent. Candy, what you've been up to? I watched a film called Paint, and it's the one, I don't know if you remember, it came out a couple of months ago with Owen Wilson playing a kind of body double of Bob, Ro- Bob Ross. Happy little oh, trees. Yeah. Happy little trees. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's got the big sort of Afro hair. He's got the pipe. He's got the... the white man Afro. The white, yeah. <laughs> the smoking pipe and everything, the low sort of smooth voice and everything. And basically he's wow. kind of a... <laughs> he's kind of a relic of the past, shall we say. Like, he's been working on the show since the late 70s. Always had this prime time spot, and he's trying to cope with. Um, he's sort of being replaced by fresh blood, and he's struggling with the fact that he's always had a bit of uh, male privilege and everything in the industry. Um, this is a film that does not really know what it wants to be. Uh, to me, I thought it was advertised as a comedy. It's it's not. It's kind of. Um, 
I would describe it as it tries to be a sort of almost anchorman thing, but it's a little bit more low key. It's got its drama elements. It doesn't know if it wants to be a rom com. Unfortunately, it didn't really hit the mark on any of them. It's pretty boring. Um, there just weren't the laughs in it for me. I think if had it been like a straight straight send up or it's sort of a, a comedic version of a um, Bob Ross biopic, it would have been great. It, it, Apparently, he's got a really really dull life though, Bob Ross. <laughs> but I mean, no imagine drama putting in his life. imagine putting actual <laughs> Bob Ross in a hilarious like fictional situation like um, the Nicolas Cage one, unbearable talent <laughs> of massive whatever. <laughs> that would have been great massive talent yeah that would have been great because everyone loves a bit of bob ross who wouldn't kill to see an action bob ross this, this was not it. watching bob ross it's just the it's the most I calming wholesome content yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got really really good just wholesome in it yeah i used to put my telly really dim so it was barely blinding my lights and and just listen to him mm. little sunset in the background it's i thought good. this movie was going to be a bit like a kind of like a Wes Anderson kind of style. No, not really. Because well, of course Wilson's in it. <laughs> no, just the kind of the way it was trying to portray. Like you say, the trailer was really weird. It was kind of wasn't quite I'm sure, watch, like I'm, you say, what it was trying to be. I'm, 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 I'm watching the trailer right now, actually, and it, it does kind of come off like it's trying to be like an outright comedy. Um, yeah. And it, it feels like it's trying to do the the same thing that um, uh, the Weird Al film did, where it's like a pastiche of the person. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still, by the way, it surreal because because a lot of the film is uh, sorry, a lot of the trailer is like the physical comedy moments or Owen Wilson like looking really confused when people are like horny for him and shit like that. And yeah, yeah. it's it's not like that at all, and it's it's kind of a tale of a, a bit of misogyny and like I said, male privilege, and it that doesn't really lend itself well to what could potentially be a comedic like the like what it was advertised to be. And misleading yeah, trailer. Absolute misleading trailer. But it was just, yeah, it wasn't, it, like I said, it, it didn't hit the mark on any of it. I, it's not... Never mind. It's not bad. It's just, it's it's two hours of your life that you won't get back. It's a solid two. Instead, watch Ooh. the five out of five, ten out of ten video of candy painting someone's nursery. That's what I say. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Find me on YouTube, Candy Machine Studios. <laughs> there you go. Gadget, what have you been up to, mate? Quick, um, quick, quick, quick. <laughs> We've got quite a bit of feedback today as well, haven't we? So. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so quick, quick one. Uh, first, um, carried on with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We've just finished the first season tonight. Mm-hmm. It's the best track. Good, isn't it? Best track in Don't a fucking you. long time. <laughs> I'm enti- I told you. I'm entirely 100% in love with Anson Mount's hair. Not him as a person, I just, just I, his I've, hair. I've always <laughs> loved him. I've always loved him. Um... It bothered me for eight episodes of the series um, on who number one was until I reme- until I realised it was Rebecca Roman Stamos who it was because um, yeah. uh, I'd only ever Mystique. seen her in Mystique as Mystique, Mystique and X Men. Um, yeah. But no, it, it is and some that leaked video Trek. she did. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, some of the best Star Trek that's ever been made, and I love the I love the episode where they riffed on kind of Alien and the Thing um, yeah. with the, the uh, with the Gorn. Uh, and the, like Star Trek's never done horror before, really, apart from maybe First Contact, dried a little bit of it. Yeah, a little bit. But this was this was really fucking good, and like bringing out all the troops, and it was really tense. I really, really liked it. Um, I'm also slightly uncomfortable with how hot Spock is. 
Yeah, super. Like I said, I said, I know Stig, Stig didn't like Discovery at all, did he? Um, no, but I, I did, and it's in, that's introduced us. That introduced Pike yeah. and all his crew and stuff like that, and you could see that all the Pike episodes were the best episodes. Yeah, <laughs> by a long stretch. And then Spock decided to go with Pike, and I'm like, I mean, the, he has to by yeah, the law for the story. You know I mean? yeah. He has to anyway. But when he went with him, I was like. There's going to be a spin-off, and it turns out the spin-off's better than the main one. <laughs> it's so good, and I think anyone who does like enjoy Star Trek does need to watch it because you can literally skip Discovery because it's in its own different timeline now. It you makes a, it. it makes a couple of references to, to uh, Discovery, it? and there's like Spock Michael references. Burnham. Spock references Michael Burnham once, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It is very much its own thing, but it is good, really good, proper Trek. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, but the main thing I've been doing this week, um, besides ungodly amounts of Baldur's Gate 3, um, <laughs> hang on, what am I up to? Hating it, are you? Hang on, where, where am I on Steam? How much have I put into Baldur's Gate 3? <laughs> I've put in another 15 hours this week, since oh, last week. Good numbers, good numbers. <laughs> We're getting there. Two working days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, uh, so this week uh, I've been playing Armored Core 6, Fires of the Rubicon. Yep. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Uh, well, <laughs> Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon is a 2023 mecha-based vehicular combat game developed by From Software and published by Bandai Namco Entertainment. Uh, it's the first Armored Core since 2013, I want to say. It's like 10 years or so since I Verdict think Day. I think Answer was the last one. Verdict no, Day. Verdict, Verdict Day, Day, yeah. Verdict Day. I like Verdict Day. Um... In this game, you play as a mercenary referred to only as 621, or... Uh, <laughs> Or, or after he finds a, a license on a on a dead pilot, Raven. Is that what he does? Yeah. Oh, he becomes Raven. He takes Raven. Fuck. Uh, you have gone to Fuck. Rubicon to um, planet, make money. It? Yeah, it's a planet. Yeah. Uh, there is a, a natural resource there, which after Rubicon was firestormed by a wandering space entity. I think is what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I won't spoil it. Yeah, all the corporations are there trying to find this this one um, element that can make them a lot of money. Uh, and you Unobtainium. Have... <laughs> yeah, it's like an unobtainium shit. So you've gone onto this ruined planet of Rubicon um, to make some money working for the corporations um, in your big fucking mech suit. And that's kind of it. It's, it's a very light touch story. They always have been. They always have been. Um, and I've got to say, it's not clicking for me. Mm. So I've known I've, a few people have told me this. I'm going to preface this with, I don't think there is a bad bit of this game. Graphically, it's beautiful. The controls mm. are tight. The action is fast and frantic. Um, sound design is brilliant. Art design is wonderful. Scale, this game does scale so well. There's a... Um, there's a mission in the first chapter. It's like one of the boss fights where the uh, Rubicon Liberation Front, basically the rebel, <laughs> the, the insurgents yeah. that, that the corporations want you to kill because capitalism... Every time I hear Rubicon, I keep thinking of like a convention for Rubik Cube. I keep thinking <laughs> of the fucking mango drink. There's a drink, yeah, called Rubicon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's this Liberation Front which the corporations want you to destroy because capitalism. Um yeah. But they, 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 one of the levels, they, and this was kind of shown us on the pre-release stuff, they have this, it's this walking mining platform 
And you start the level, and there's this kind of like kind of rush of kind of you in, you're in the desert. There's kind of rush of sand that comes at you. You see this thing in the distance, and as you're going towards it, there's this huge fuck off big laser that keeps trying to hit you. So you have to like dodge side to side, and you come up, and this thing is enormous. Like the scale of it is in, incomprehensibly large, and you have to go on mm. and kill it. And it's really it's <laughs> it's 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 really impressive what FromSoft have put together. I think what isn't clicking for me is that it's one, not a Souls game. <laughs> what kind of? But there, there is a, there is a point I get to on this one. Okay, because it's mission based. Some of the missions are really fucking short. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in terms of it's like, hey, there's this armored core down here. Go kill it, and you like do it in like ninety seconds, and it's done. And it's done, and it's just like yeah. oh, I was just getting into that. Yeah, um, and music's but, kicking in, and yeah. it ends. <laughs> um. The a lot of the combat effect, like the most effective technique I've found is stay in the air, dodge side to side, keep shooting until it dies. Yeah. And that so far has worked for me on every boss that I've fought. But I That's think that <laughs> might but I think that might be me not engaging with the mechanics properly. Yeah. Um there are some like the tutorializing doesn't make a lot of things clear to someone who hasn't played an armored core game before. Mm-hmm. Um and I I have played one, but the one on the PS1, I've played Armored Core 1, and that's it. Oh, So it's been a no. very long time since I've played <laughs> these games. You couldn't even reload on that game. <laughs> no. Um, but I think the main thing that's maybe not to be fair, and you just you, you, you nipped on it there, Rules, it's not Elden Ring. No. Nope. And I don't think that's a negative. It's it? Yeah. It, well, it's, I don't think that it's, that's a negative towards the game. The game is doing what it does really fucking well. I think I am not the target for this game because I like a world with context. I don't need a deep story. Like, no. we all know Elden Ring's story is really fucking surface level. Yeah. Um, but I like a world to be in. So these kind of really small missions where you're kind of battering around, just like you're fighting in a city or you're fighting at a dam or you're fighting um, in this I've kind always of said area. Armored Car's closest um, cousin is Ace Combat. Yeah. I think there for is the pe- combat type games. I think for the people who like those the kind of arcadey air combat simulators, I yeah. fucking love this game because and I do love them. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I said I, I need to con- really stamp down and reiterate: there is not a single thing this game is doing wrong. I am the problem. Yeah. Hello, hi, it's me. I'm it's not problem. you. It's me, babe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I think if if you have enjoyed any of the Armored Core games before. Or you loved Battletech. Actually, okay, there's, I like mech games, but I like strategy mech games. So like Robotech. Battletech. Battletech is what fucking suits me down to the ground or front mission, oh, that yeah. kind of thing. Front mission, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the, I think the last mech game that I played that I really, really mech genuinely Warrior. loved. No, it was um, Zone of the Enders 2. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great though. But that's, that's a but, great game. But that's, again, that's more style over substance. That where Fires of Rubicon is very much substance over style. It's a very stylish yeah. game, but it allows you to get really deep in, deep into the weeds of kind of building your mech all the way down to like the generator level, like pushing it out with the amount of power that you get, what weapons you have. Everything is customizable. Like yeah. there is a lot of depth to the game, but it's not the depth that I want. Oh. I want a depth of the world. I want the context. I want I, I want to walk into an area and go, why is everybody dead here? You know, that kind of thing. We <laughs> yeah. know why everybody's dead, because there was a giant fucking solar flare that burned the <laughs> bastard planet. <laughs> so It sounds amazing. So, <laughs> I mean, you've just described sounds no, no, amazing. Yeah. So the, uh, 
normally when we, when we do these Nexus episodes, I put every review out on YouTube individually. I'm not going to do it for this one because I'm going to send my copy down probably in the next week or two to Oodles so he can play yes. it and his review will be the proper review of it. And I will beat it within... <laughs> A weekend. <laughs> I don't think it's a long game. I think like like if you're not repeating like 10 missions, hours, I think I think if you're not repeating missions, it takes you about ten hours to get through. But obviously the yeah, the, the whole run is like getting X rank on every mission and stuff like that. Yeah, that's stuff. that's what I've always played. I'm like you, you beat it through once, then you get in your SSS. I think it's triple S. I think you can get all them on them. Right. That's what this what it used to be anyway. I'm gonna get all them, platinum it, and. Uh, Send it back to you and give it a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah, Oodles, you're <laughs> going to fucking love this game. No, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Excellent. That's everyone. We've got a quite a jam-packed um, thingy uh, feedback, feedback, haven't we? We oh. do, yeah. So I'm going to just jump straight in here. Stig's coming. Go, go, go. It's been over three years since Hamilton was first. Re- He's talking about fucking Hamilton again. <laughs> oh, it was released God, on Disney it. Plus, and after several watches, multiple, multiple, multiple lists of the soundtrack, I finally got to see the stage show in London on Saturday night, and it was oh, incredible. Oh, nice. I had amazing seats bang in the centre of where I could see everything, and they were well worth the extra 20 quid over my budget I decided to spend on the tickets. I was a little worried to begin with that after spending the last three years listening to the original Broadway show that hearing new singers in the rules would be distracting and weird. But all that was put to bed within the first few songs because the current London cast were phenomenal and blew me away. They're all absolutely insanely talented singers and their American accents sounded so natural. From start to finish, I had an amazing time and it was so hard biting my tongue to not sing along. Although that didn't stop a woman <laughs> on my row who tried to sing along with some of the so- some of the softer songs, but was rightly shushed immediately. Seriously, people, we're there for the performers, not for you. Keep it shut. He is right. Mm-hmm. But as far as the performance goes, it was everything I hoped for. It was really cool to see and hear the slight differences this show did compared with the original Broadway one, especially the guy who played King George, who was absolutely hilarious and put his own spin on the character. It was funny how in the US film version, everyone cheers George Washington when he arrives the first time, but no one did in London. It was King George that got cheered instead. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, King George was not a good dude regardless. Um, if you're a fan Guess of... What? The- the British were the baddies. <laughs> oh no, we the baddies. Um, yes. If you're a fan of the Disney Plus show, I highly recommend seeing it live in person. I'm really happy to finally go to see the show live. It was well worth the trip. Mm, I'm jealous. I'm going to see it next I, year. Was Stig one of one of those guys? Can you stop singing, please? I'll going to have to escort you out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to stand up and rap, Stig, and he's like, "Sit down, sir. Sit down." <laughs> Gets up and punches him. Yeah, there's I nothing. Think, it I doesn't matter like, how. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen a film of something or heard a recording. Yeah. There's, there's nothing compares to it. Just people like 30, a cast of thirty belting it out around you. Brilliant, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, when I went to see Rocky Horror, I thought they're, they're not going to let us sing. No, they encouraged it. Oh yeah, they Rocky Horror is different. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Rock, Rocky Horror is all about being as camp as possible, isn't it? Yeah, it's the best safe show I've ever seen. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad he got to uh, he got to experience that in the flesh. I'm sure he loved it. Any more? Oh yeah, plenty more. Uh, so Mike Halstead has written in. Sorry, I've just had a beer delivered. Are you getting that open? <laughs> from uh, Deliveroo. <laughs> from Deliveroo. <laughs> uh, so Mike Halstead has written in. Oodles, I think, I think he's a man after your own heart here. He always has been. Uh, I've been listening to Sleep Token, which I can't get enough of right now. Oh, oh I love Sleep Token I so love Sleep much. Token. <laughs> oh, baby making but, uh, metal. I was going to say, that, that's how Oodles described me, uh, sex metal. Yeah, it is. Also, watch their music videos as well. They're really simple, but so effective. They're like really 3D renders. Yeah. 
And Vessel's got such a great voice. Mm. It's from Bristol, you know. I know, I know. <laughs> no one's perfect. <laughs> uh, he also goes on to but say he's also watching, it. he's also listening to the Sequelizers Dark Universe specials. Um, oh. A couple of films that were entertaining enough without being absolutely stellar. Uh, Maggie Moore's and Next Exit being the first, the first being a comedy horror where John Hamm plays a sheriff investigating the murders of two Mandy Moores. Yes. Uh, the second, a kind of sci-fi, it's kind of sci-fi and stars Rahul Cooley, big fan, and Love Katie him. Parker yep. as unwilling travel companions on their way to volunteer to be killed for science as ghosts have been proven to exist and can be communicated <laughs> with. That sounds That's like mental. a film Rahul Cooley would do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He gives no fucks, that guy. I love him. He's I mean, really good. He plays a space marine in bulk gun. Yeah, and he was great in uh, Midnight Mass. God, he was so good. Yes. Uh, so Xenos has said, uh, ooh, he's, he's, he's written in a missive here. Um, I forgot to mention this on the last Nexus episode, so we can go on this one instead. It was my birthday earlier this month. Happy birthday, Xenos. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Happy and while birthday. my girlfriend was up here for that, we went to see the Barbie movie. I haven't been to the cinema since before the pandemic, so it's a weird experience being back in front of the big screen. But it was so stinks. Worth, it was so <laughs> worth the time to go. Best film I've seen in years. Much funnier than I expected. Right. Solid application of the satire. Sure, it could be a bit blunt, but people still managed to miss the point. So maybe not blunt enough. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. Some incredible acting from Margot Robbie in particular, and a great soundtrack to boot. My girlfriend's mm. grandmother sadly passed away just before she came up, and the scenes with Ruth in particular oh. absolutely broke her. Oh. She's doing okay now, but neither of us were expecting those, and it caught it completely off guard. If you haven't yeah. seen the film, please do. And if you've se- and if you've seen it and didn't enjoy it, I can only offer my condolences. To be fair, there were quite a few scenes in Barbie that caught me off guard. Some, yeah, I, some, I got some, quite some, emotional. Quite some a bit of the, it. some of the funny ones, like all the scenes with Ruth, like I had a yeah, um, I had a lump in my throat. That, that there's that scene where Margot Robbie sat on the floor crying, yeah. and like I was upset watching that. Um, but and then yeah, so other scenes I, that kind of caught me off guard was like um, the Ken song, his song and dance number. Didn't see it coming. Completely caught no me off guard. No one saw that coming. And it was <laughs> fucking glorious. Um, he goes on to say, aside from that, some of you will be aware I play Warframe, which had its big convention event on this weekend and revealed where its future updates are going. For those unfamiliar, it's a sci-fi third-person shooter slasher with some cosmic horror elements in the plot. Well, they've just dropped massive plot twists before, but I think this is the time, this time they've blown the entire community's collective minds. The next update coming this year looks like a continuation of the cosmic horror side of the plot, with a new enemy faction that's like fighting Michelangelo's reject list. But the one <laughs> following that is, and I apologise for the analogy I'm about to use, but it's the best I can come up with, it's like watching a trailer for the new Star Wars film and seeing Luke Skywalker walk up to an Amstrad PC with a Nokia phone lying to it, astrally project into a giant statue, then flash back to a child Anakin in reality on the 9-11, watching Qui-Gon Jinn order a bunch of prototype TIE fighters to destroy the World Trade Center! <gasps> wow. <sighs> I've, seen that. I've seen that bit in film. I know that made no sense. <laughs> what I saw last night also made no sense. They're calling the update Warframe 1999, and I think they just made their old game Dark Sector canon. My brain is melting. Weeble floop. Oh, they made Dark Sector. Yeah, they made Dark Sector. They made Warframe. The Frisbee game. Yeah. Where you, you had like a, like a, like a, a, a crawl, a scroll. A, a cr- is it crawl? One of them fucking flying things and boomerangs. Yeah. I fucking love Dark Sector. They made they made Warframe. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I've never played it. I might play it. I mean, it's probably one of them ongoing things that I'm going to be lost uh, as soon as I load yeah, it. Up, it's what the yeah, fuck it, do I do? <laughs> it's, like, it's like Destiny free to play a live service kind of thing. 
Too late. Oh, you're way too late for it. <laughs> <laughs> what a war, Franz. I'll play Dark Sector again on my phone. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, last of uh, best boy, Kurt Lewin. Uh, Angry yep. Kurt says, Hi, me crew. Not, nothing much update on last time. Still playing Resident Evil 4, which I think he finished tonight and he really enjoyed. Good lad. Um, and he's enjoying Pizza Tower, which is the second best platformer I've played since Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Which is high praise, because that's a fucking good platformer. Now you have my interest. <laughs> I fucking love Impossible Less so much. Uh, what, what was Peter? Peter Tower? I think we talked about it recently. Hang on. Let me yeah, find, yeah. Let me find he's, it on Steam. he's pointed out to me a few times. It's only on Steam at the moment, but I'm, I've, got my, I've got my ears peeled for it. My eyes peeled. Uh, <laughs> ears peeled. Ears and eyes. I'm pulling, mate. I'm pulling. <laughs> So, uh, so according to Steam, Pizza Terror is a fast-paced 2D platform inspired by the Wario Land series, with an emphasis oh. on movement, exploration, and score attack. Okay, okay. Now. Featuring a highly stylized pixel art inspired by the cartoons from the 90s and a highly energetic soundtrack. If you haven't played Impossible Lair, though, fucking hell. Oh, do it. It's probably it's... a fiver everywhere. It's so good. It's really, it's better than it has any right to be. It's better g- given the shite that was the first. The, the original game. first one, yeah, the yeah. first one was shite. Uh, the last, but yeah, impossible less. So good. the last thing he says is the major thing I've started though is True Detective season one, which has been really good. Oh, it's, great. it's very fucking good. It is, yes, gives me it drops sim- off at season two. <laughs> gives me gives me similar like vibes. It says he gives me similar vibes to Mind Hunter and Wire in the Blood. Mm. I can see the mind hunter thing, not so much wire in the blood, but yeah. It's what the very- fuck's wire in the blood? This isn't another murder mystery thing. All right. But yeah, True Detective oh. is very, very good. The first season. Oh, first season first only. Season. Not the second season. Yeah. I didn't mind the second one. I know. <laughs> slow burner. The only human we, on the planet. It was a slow burner. We've established, Biggie, you're a pervert. <laughs> yes, you are. What? <laughs> I am, but not, not relevant to that. <laughs> is that... All the feedback. That is all the feedback. Excellent, excellent, excellent. As always, links to all our extracurricular activity is in our show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk. Next week, it will be another feature episode. Don't forget, though, we've got lots of patron stuff. We've got Kenny Potters. We've got also. I'm so poorly. I can't even tell you what we've got, but you all know by now. And before you do disappear, um, we have got an extra segment at the end before the patron stuff. I think I think we should just jump into it, really. Yeah, let's. Uh, it's let's time for a trip it. down Candyland. And now, what's, what's up, up in Candyland? Candyland? Oh, here we go. So there are two <laughs> there are two things in life that I thought were going to be a much bigger problem than they actually are. Quicksand being the first one. Swans breaking your arm <laughs> is the second. <laughs> like you cannot what? go, you cannot get near a pond with swans on without some parent shouting at their kids, "Stay away! They can break your arm," you know. Um, but I'm wondering, like, how? Like, how can a swan actually, like, how would it physically break your arm? Like, does it flap at they you, hit, and that's they, enough power they to hit break you with it? The neck. No, no, they, they, they hit you with a wing. It can't Is be it that powerful wing? though, because their bones the are hollow. But do, I mean, it, do, it seems more likely that it would get its mates to hold you down whilst it gets like a big boulder and smashes it i mean i guess it could like honk you over a stone or something so you trip over and break your arm but i think there's only one way to find out mate you start a fight with a swan i'll do it i'll do it i'll take bets my money's on the swan yeah i've been attacked by one well see i went online i went online to find out if anyone actually has ever had their arm broken yeah i've just i I have actually just googled this one (laughs) of course he has 
Do you want the answer? Go on. If you feed the ducks and swans your local pond, take care as swans can sometimes become aggressive when demanding food. In theory, you could end up with a broken arm or leg after being attacked by a swan if you fell over during the attack. But a swan is unable to break your bones with just a blow from its wings. That's what I mean. Like, it's not the swan that's breaking it. It's not getting you in a headlock and fucking you up, is it? So I did go online and I found a, I think it was a Guardian site where people ask questions and they get people writing in from all over the internet. Um, And they'd ask this particular question. And some of their answers are pretty impressive. Like, some people are saying that it has happened to them. Some people, it's purely speculative. Some people are ridiculous. Um, so yeah, serious to complete baloney, but here's a selection of my favorite highlights. Try okay. to. Yeah. Dizzle from Detroit, USA, writes in and says, I work with a guy whose college classmates were brutally assaulted by swans multiple times a year. They had to build snow forts to keep the swans at bay. <laughs> they would break multiple students' arms and legs per year. Be careful. <laughs> Nathan from London says I actually saw two swans attack a man they said about him in a savage way before dragging him into the lake near nearby he was managed to escape to nearby he was managed he managed to escape but lost a leg during the fight sad face <laughs> the next one's from Victor D Huliganov from Warsaw and he's taking this seriously Swans, geese, and other large waterfowl are all capable of breaking every bone in your body and also causing you to be burned beyond recognition. (laughs) They can do this to hundreds of people at once. All they need to do is clog up the jets of an aeroplane, causing it to crash. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Um, And my favourite one, this is uh, Jack Wilderness from the Midlands. He says, we've just got back having spent a night in casualty, so don't appreciate the cruel jibes. We were feeding some ducks along with our little dog, Teddy, he is Pomeranian, at the water's edge at a beautiful lake. While feeding the ducks, I turned to my boyfriend to ask where Teddy was. I called out to him, but there was no sign. We spent a good 20 minutes looking for him, and we were starting to worry when all of a sudden, he came out of nowhere with some cygnets. All of a sudden, we hear loud a loud screeching noise, and my boyfriend was savagely attacked by two large swans. I quickly grabbed Teddy in my arms and screamed for help. It all happened so quickly, I couldn't believe what was happening. They literally started dragging him towards the water. Fortunately, passers-by saw the vicious attack and used his fishing umbrella to prise him off his legs. However, my boyfriend suffered from severe bruising, three broken toes, fractured wrist, black eye, two, two broken ribs. We were also waiting for his, for his vision in his right eye to come back as he hit his head during the fall. He also has a broken nose. I think generally it's okay to feed the ducks and swans, etc. But you just need to be wary of the time of year when they're with their young, as they see us as a, as a threat, and we're just trying to protect their young. Some Jack wow. wow, that is a step further than a broken arm. Jack Wilderness, wow. I'm sorry to hear um, that. I, I, I mean, the main question we, I do need to ask you, Candy, and and uh, I feel like you expect this one to be coming. So, no luck catching them swans, then. <laughs> Two swans, actually. <laughs> just the one swan, actually. <laughs> all right all right all right all i can say is just watch out at your at your local park for these I've, I've, vicious dinosaurs have, have, I, have i told you about the swans that live up the road from me there's um no. so i thought you were gonna do these six swans <laughs> oh no 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 so um th- about um two miles up the road from me there's like a uh, there's like a uh, retail park with like a Morrison's McDonald's all that kind of thing there so if I'm yeah, going yeah. up there to do shopping I'll pick up a, a Mackey's or whatever 
on the road up there, there is a man-made lake in Killingworth, and it's basically it's two uh. lakes with the road going down the middle, and there's swans that live there. They just and like to cross the road. They just like to cross the road. But what they also like to do is sit in the road. So there's <laughs> yeah, been a few times, few times I've come up there and I've got to sit in traffic because there's a swan there. And the best part is they're not scared of the cars. You hoot your <laughs> horn at them and they're just like flap the wings. You're right, you're right. You want one, you fucking want one. I'll fucking get you, mate. <laughs> yeah, they, they are all crack. southern as well. That's... The Queen's swans. The, the the, Queen's they've, all got, they've all got London accent. Mm. Oh, yeah, they, they, they're fucking giving it large. Especially are they still the Queen's swans? Are the well, king adopted the king, them the now? now. They, they belong to the crown. They're like swan ah, sandwiches, yes, don't they? They eat them. <laughs> when I used, to run a, I used to run a pub with a lake around the beer garden, we had swans and a goose there. And uh, oh, they, used to regularly attack. they used to uh, attack people oh. walking through. <laughs> well, all I can say is that's, that's been a very cautious trip down Candyland. Nature's thugs. Just be... Nature always <laughs> finds a way. Life always finds a way to kill you. Swans always yes. find a way to kill you. Yeah, they do. The chance that of, the chance the of, of the dying to a swan, a, a swan aren't zero. <laughs> they are not zero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, that's the end of the main show. Uh, patrons, join us in the green room in a second. But for everyone else, thank you for... I'm sorry for your ears with me being poorly, but thank you very much for adhering with us. See you next time. She's got it off me. <laughs> no. It's a <the> computer virus. <laughs> <laughs>